0: John Pelli's Basketball Show, hosted by a guy called John Pelli. I'm tuning into John Pelli's Basketball Show at johnpelli.com. Good morning, everybody. This is another edition of the Basketball Show, brought to you by johnpelli.com. by St. Aloysius Church in Jackson, New Jersey by Two Ways, One Passion Food Truck located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. As always, a handful of stuff we're going to get into today in the world of baseball, sports, and unifying America. I'm pr- preparing for next week to jump back into Periscope. Um, unfortunately, I had some connection issues with my older model phone, which I was recording from, so... We got that fixed so we'll be doing live through periscope and we try to do live every once in a while through facebook just to try to get some interactions anybody wants to throw anything out there that's on their mind in a world of baseball sports and unifying america um, we're gonna talk a little daytona 500 as you get set for the race 230 tomorrow uh, i want to bring up the fact that Lamelo ball is once again in, in a spot where basically his talent And he may be better than his brother. It looks like he's better than Lonzo. He's an absolute star, or at least a potential star, with the Charlotte Hornets. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But I want to start out by bringing up a topic that people get a little sensitive when it gets brought up. Because what you don't want is you don't want to get the impression that anybody condones any sort of behavior that we perceive as bad. Um, you think of somebody that is a felon. Somebody commits a crime. You have a judge. You have a jury. You have the opportunity to defend yourself. But once you're convicted, you're a convicted felon. And you've heard me mention this on this show multiple times. It impacts your ability to get a job down the road. Now, when you're talking about the court of public opinion, which I believe is somebody's opinion, you are looking at things that are said, things that are done. Um, Whether we're talking about racism, we're talking about sexual harassment. Those are two very serious things that fortunately now in society, uh, we we seem to be kind of unifying against. And if you go back to the 1940s and 50s and 60s and even later, certainly you you could take a stance where you could be a racist or a sexist and people would say hey that's just the way that you are now people are being called out for it and i applaud that i think that's a great that that speaks to society in such a positive way to say that we have we've changed we have made a big difference we're not looking we're not looking at at somebody's opinion and saying hey it's okay that that person for so many so many years ago is just old and they don't understand we stand for our own standards, which we expect to be very high, And because of that, I do believe the general public applauds or kind of cheers when somebody that has a name to them, a public sports figure, as obviously this is a sports show, so we're gonna keep it in regards to sports figures, but when they get called out, whether it's sending a lewd pic through their phone, even though many people that are criticizing may have lewd pics on their own phone. You have somebody that it makes racist comments. Are you caught making racist comments amongst your family and friends? Because if you are, then when you speak out against it, you sound like a hypocrite. But that's not where I wanted to get to today. Um, you have the situation in Jacksonville with the Jaguars where new head coach, Urban Meyer, he wants to set his own staff and I think initially the thought was well Urban Meyer is Urban Meyer he's gonna do whatever he wants to do and he hired Chris Doyle who is a controversial figure was a strength and conditioning coach for the Iowa college football team and he has a history and it, listen, I was trying to read the story. I was trying to get the best of the story that I could. And it doesn't look like his actions or his the, the way he treated, he didn't treat all people the same. It looks like he has some racial motivations. It looks like he may have had some problems with black players that were on that team. Now, he lost his job there. And basically, off the report that I'm reading, it ha- has a lot to do with his treatment of black players on that team so from a public relations standpoint if you go and you hire this guy you understand that it doesn't look good for you and I, and I get it i get that part should this man be barred from employment ever again and i throw the same question and i said it a couple weeks ago in regards to jared porter should jared porter never get a job in baseball again because of what he did and I go back, and you can make so many different situations, innuendos, whatever you want to do. You know, I think of steroids in baseball. You know, Barry Bonds is not really, you know, welcomed back into the sport, even though he got a job as a hitting coach at the Miami Marlins. Mark McGuire had that sit down on, what is it, Nightline or, you know, Barbara Walters and, or Katie Couric or whoever sat there and cried and said Did he used steroids. So is he more acceptable in the public eye? And then once again, you have a lot of people that are going to say, "Hey, we're, I'm not comparing apples to apples," and and I get that. You know, to treat people, and you've heard me as outspoken as I am, to treat people differently because of the color of their skin is unacceptable, and I applaud the majority of society and where we are now, where we're just going to. Take that type of behavior and say it's absolutely 100% unacceptable and if this led to this man's losing his job at at Iowa it's going to be hard to employ that person and Urban Meyer says hey this may be the best in regards to strength and conditioning I want to hire the best in regards to my staff Chris Doyle resigns because he doesn't want to be a distraction now does that mean once again that chris doyle should never work again and i think it's a tricky slope it's a little bit of a tough subject to bring up because from the public relations standpoint from the general public from the court of public opinion we're going to want to say no this man should should be unemployed the rest of his life we should never hear from him again he should be Uh, exiled and you know should not have a right to earn a living and i've said that that's wrong ray caruth when he was released from prison i took a little slack somebody you know a couple people threw some stuff my way saying how could you say that a convicted murderer should be able to have a job that's going to be tough you know you got that big felony on your record it's not, easy to, it's not easy to be able to get a job. There's a lot of jobs that aren't going to hire you with a felony. But should he not work? And then when it comes to sexual harassment and it comes to racism, how do we rate that as that impacts somebody's employment? Because neither are considered felonies. We look at the word felony and we use it as a basis to determine employment for somebody that's looking for a job. Somebody that has a history of racism, somebody that has a history of sexual harassment, is not considered a felon. So technically, they're not barred from employment. Those actions would not keep them from getting a job. So I ask, when it comes to Chris Doyle, should he at some point be permitted a job in a world of football. Now, is it college football? Are we talk talking high school football? I mean, he should be hired by somebody because obviously the, there's part of his job that he does correctly. Jared Porter should be hired by somebody because he has the ability to do his job. Now, obviously, if it was equal and I was looking to potentially hire somebody else I'd want to hire a person that doesn't have, you know, the lewd acts as far as sending, you know, genitalia pictures to females or a history of treating black athletes inferior to white athletes. That would be a tiebreaker if I was hiring somebody for a job. But it doesn't mean that that person should not ever get a job again. It should not mean that that person should not have a right to employment. Now, I do believe when we talk about apologies, so, you know, maybe half and half in regards to them being sincere or kind of forced. But I know that the situation should be addressed. If Chris Doyle is looking to get a job, and let's say he was going to be hired as the strength and conditioning coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and we were not going to look back at his history and what happened at Iowa. I would want to hear a legitimate apology whether people want to believe it or not to be out there and to sound remorseful to explain what it is that you learned because how many times when it comes to racism do we hear people learning things that they didn't know before hey this, how, how this impacts a person of color now, we could hear a bunch of statements where people say that they've learned from it, but somebody that has done something or said something that the court of public opinion deems unacceptable, we should allow for that person to learn the lesson that they should learn. You made a mistake. You know, a bad mistake. Beyond the mistake. It's something that is unconscionable. something that you should not have said or done. But you feel remorseful about it. You understand why what you did was wrong. And you want forgiveness. That's things that all of us go through if we say something or do something that we're not supposed to. Remorse carries a long way. But once again in a court of public opinion when we're dealing with somebody that name is thrown out there and people know that person's name we don't want to be forgiven we don't want to ever forgive somebody that does something that they're not supposed to even if they're remorseful even if they dedicate the rest of their life to making sure others understand the mistake that they made that statement that i made this mistake it's in my past there's nothing that i can do to change it But I'm going to live the rest of my life to make sure others understand and won't make the same mistake that I did. We don't seem to want to give people the benefit of the doubt. As if the majority of the people, when you're talking about caving to the court of public opinion, you're talking about people that make mistakes themselves. And in some cases have said and done worse things than these uh, these other people are being accused of so that's it i'm I'm done with that topic daytona 500 tomorrow should be exciting you think of the super bowl and you know if you kind of follow the seasons of sports as they go around a lot of people say it's baseball season right after the super bowl how did that work out last year for you by the way you go out there and the the final the clock runs out of the super bowl you're saying it's baseball season it's baseball season and guess what Another five and a half months go by before it's actually baseball season. So I hope you enjoyed that last year. But obviously, the Daytona 500 marks the start of the NASCAR season. You have Denny Hamlin, who's going for his third straight victory in this race, something that has never been done before. Cale Yarborough, Sterling Marlin, both won two straight and went out there for their third straight and were unable to, to finish the race. And you look at the field and obviously if you're if you're playing odds the odds are on Denny Hamlin to win the race at 17 to two and you look at other aspects of the Daytona 500 Bubba Wallace racing for a team owned by Michael Jordan and the fact that the there's a possibility that a black driver could win a Daytona 500 that's never happened before In fact, in the history of NASCAR, there's only been one African-American driver that has ever won a race. And that was Wendell Scott in the 1960s. So it obviously would be great. And we look at obviously some controversies that have involved in the world of NASCAR, that noose, which turned out to not be a noose. It It was a tie for a garage door. Um, The possibility that that type of behavior still exists in a treatment of black men and women in the South, you know, it should be unacceptable. And you don't want to have it be part of the discussion when it comes to NASCAR. Should there be more black drivers? Absolutely. And I hope Michael Jordan with the team that he owns and Bubba Wallace being, you know, as outspoken as he is, can encourage other african-americans to get behind the wheel and and race you know we, we look at nascar and, and unfortunately it gets portrayed as a mostly white sport but what is it about it that makes it mostly white it's the fact that there's white team owners white crew white racers white drivers And you'd like to to see. I mean, you'd certainly like to see more African-American drivers. Now, we'll see. You know, Bubba Wallace, is he feeling a little bit of pressure? Sure. You know, to be the only one, Jackie Robinson faced a lot of pressure. When when he, you know, it it was not only important for him to succeed, but he had to perform at a high level. The expectations were a lot bigger. For Jackie Robinson and any other player on the Brooklyn Dodgers or any other player, excuse me, in Major League Baseball in 1947. Is Bubba Wallace feeling the same type of pressure? No, probably not. But there there is pressure for him to succeed. And his odds, by the way, are 22 to 1 if you wanted to bet on it. Ryan Newman, if you remember the race last year, Rain had postponed it to the Monday the, you know, the following day and right in the final lap, Brian Newman was involved in that terrible, terrible crash. And, you know, the fear is, is this man could have lost his life. He could have been killed. And he's racing. He'll be on the field. He's a uh, 40 to 1 odds to win the race. Kind of be a nice story. Right. Not just from an odd standpoint, but for, for somebody that was was in the mix to win a race last year. And ended up getting into such a, a, a scary, scary crash. And you're happy to know that the man not only survived, but is back on a racetrack. Now there's there's actually racers that have worse odds to win the race if you wanted to throw a bet out there. If you had an extra twenty dollars, and you wanted to bet on BJ McLeod, Cody Ware, Quinn Hof. Joey Gase or Josh Bellicky. They all have thousand to one odds to win the race. Now, listen, if you if your car is out there and you're racing, you actually have a legitimate chance to win. So imagine putting twenty dollars down and put turning that into twenty grand. Or Derek Cope, who's actually a two thousand to one odd to win this race. Put five bucks on them. jeez! You want to win 10 grand? Be kind of cool to do. This copyright broadcast is authorized under internet rights, granted by the World Wide Web, and the solely for entertainment of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, other use of the pictures, descriptions, and accounts of this show without the express written consent of the past fall show, JohnPielli.com and JohnPielli LLC, is prohibited. Any commercial other use of the program, such as by charging, admission, for its showing is similarly prohibited once again we'll, we'll get back into Periscope probably starting this Wednesday or Thursday probably Thursday and I do want to get to comments and I, I know Periscope opens kind of the door Pandora's box to the general public so I can't wait for you know a bunch of people that can't identify who they are to say whatever it is that they want but you know i do want to have some and some more interaction with the show so we're going to get that going this week glad to have an updated phone and a phone that i'll be able to record off of you obviously got spotify youtube um apple music amazon music if you want to listen to the passball show pro- podcast was we'll thinking a little bit about some of the rookies in the nba this year and they really if, if you had a chance to reorder the draft I think it would be kind of undisputed that LaMelo Ball would go number one. And you think of the Minnesota Timberwolves and a team that's struggling, a team that consistently has a top five pick every year in the NBA. You figure at some point they're going to eventually put a couple stars together and be able to at least get on the peripheries of making the playoffs. I mean, the Minnesota Timberwolves looks like they're, they're going to be in the lottery to get the number one overall pick again next year. But LaMelo Ball was hurt by his father. And I'm glad, and obviously we know this could change within a second, but I'm glad that Mr. Ball has stayed out of the public spotlight for a while because he really made his kids rise through the college ranks or through the basketball ranks to become professional basketball players. Very tough. And this was a man that, put his name out there because he had sons that could play basketball without his sons who cares about levarball nobody would even want to know who he is they're intrigued by him because he has a son by the name of lonzo that gets drafted number two overall by the los angeles lakers and this guy sticks his chest out there says look at me look at me and he made it tough on his his oldest son Lonzo Ball is in the NBA with people elbowing him saying, hey, that's for your father. Why don't you tell your father to shut up? So you think of uh, Leangelo Ball, who had a chance with the Detroit Pistons, didn't make the team, is a free agent right now. And obviously the younger son, Lamelo was drafted third overall by the Charlotte Hornets this year. This was a player that, from a talent perspective, probably should have been given consideration to be taken number one overall and he wasn't not because of anything that he did now he wasn't playing at college at the time he was a a certainly a talented young man could play basketball absolutely was top five talent but we start to think about what are the things that are going to keep you or what's the difference between taking player A off of player B? And you know in this case, Lamello Ball's father was the change. That was the reason that he ends up not going number one overall. So you think of things that the older Ball has cost his son. You know, you think of, like I said, Lonzo getting bullied by players in the NBA because of his father. You now he's got a, a middle son that's got some talent. Could certainly break an NBA roster that isn't getting much of a chance now. Because I think teams are like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to look at this man from a talent standpoint and all I'm thinking about is his father. And then he got the same thing with LaMelo. Now, talent in the end will prevent. And that's what we're looking at now. So when we're looking at this past draft at the National Basketball Association, you're, we're looking pretty unequivocally as the best player being LaMelo Ball. And the Charlotte Hornets are seeing it. They're right in the middle, in the midst, when it comes to Eastern Conference playoffs. When we we're talking about the playoff picture, now, so the Eastern Conference is still weak. Yes, you're looking at the Indiana Pacers. You're looking at the New York Knicks, all being playoff teams if the season were to end today and right now. Are the Knicks gonna maybe make a trade to upgrade their roster? Are they looking at a an opportunity, a shot? see how it works out but it looks like for the first time in a while the charlotte hornets have themselves a franchise type of player and good for them. and like i said somebody that was held back because of his father because his father didn't want to shut his mouth because his father tried to live his life precipitously through his children didn't want to accomplish anything himself wanted to brand himself over what his kids did his kids can play basketball all of a sudden he's an entrepreneur why because he had three sons that had enough talent to play basketball professionally once again i give him credit because he's shut his mouth over the last couple of years you're glad to not hear anything about lavar ball and finally he's got the message maybe after all this time he realizes he cares about his children and realized that he was wrong and he was putting them in a compromised position by making it about him. A little bit of a recap of the show today, and as always, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Past Ball shows brought to you by johnpealy.com, by St. Aloysius Church in Jackson, New Jersey, by Two Ways One Passion Food Truck, located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. You know, we, we in a court of public opinion, we tend to be very hard on people that have a name to them. And once again, for those that are part of that cancel culture, every time somebody hears something they don't want to hear, they go right to that cancel culture. And I'm not going to say, I'm not going to lessen the severity of any mistakes that were made. We're talking about Chris Doyle was a strength and conditioning coach at Iowa. Had some problems with some black players. Was it... You know, 100% racially motivated. I don't know. I've never heard a guy talk about it. Is he barred from getting a job in the NFL if Urban Meyer thinks that he is a a legitimate candidate? Well, you know what? The Jaguars got to know, and Urban Meyer's got to know, that once you hire somebody with a little bit of a checkered past or a controversial past, then it's going to have to get addressed. And, you know, this man just decides to resign because he doesn't want to be a distraction. But what about the person that made a mistake or did something or said something that they shouldn't have said and pays the price for it, is contrite about it, and wants to move on with their life? The question I propose is, should that person have a job? Should that person be allowed to be employed? And I compare it to those in, when we talk about the justice and the court system, that are convicted of a felony. They have the difficulty getting jobs because many jobs will not hire somebody that has been convicted of a felony. Somebody may should making racial comments. I mean, is it maybe time that we change the you know the way that that's perceived? If you're caught being a racist, should you be a felon? Should you be in the same category as somebody that's a felon? Somebody that is uh, sending genitalia pics unsolicited to women. Should that be a felony I, I think that's up for debate but the problem right now is that it's not so should that person be barred from ever getting a job again especially in a profession where it is controlled a little bit by the public nobody cares about what i do for a living but when it comes to somebody that works for a sports team whether we're talking about Chris Doyle, whether we're talking about Jared Porter, they are they're, they're they have j- legitimate jobs that are out in the public if people know their name. Is anybody going to ever hire Jared Porter again? Now, personally, I would consider it. I wouldn't go out of my way. I mean, if there's a tiebreaker, if I have two executives in baseball and I'm looking to bring somebody in, <laughs> Uh, and I'm looking to see what's going to decide or help make the decision for me. That could be a tiebreaker. Hey, you know, I'll go with the guy that is did not send unsolicited dick pics. I don't want. I don't want to hire that person. But if this person is contrite and remorseful about what they did, should they ever have the opportunity to get a job again? And my answer would be yes. I think they should. They should have an opportunity to apologize. Now, when it comes to the court of public opinion, they don't have to have the apology accepted. But I'd want to hear that that person understands the levity of exactly what it is that they did. I'd want to know that they really do feel bad about it and want to take their experience and keep others from making the same mistake. Because there's none of us out there that are perfect every last one of us since every last one of us has said or done something that would be considered wrong that would be considered evil perhaps and some have the opportunity to say "Hey, I'm sorry some have the opportunity to say well you know I did this and nobody around me knows but when you're in the public eye you're not gifted with that same opportunity. Should it keep you from ever having a job again? My answer is no. Daytona 500. See if Denny Hamlin can win a race for the third time in a row. I think that's the number one talking point of the start of NASCAR season. Um, Bubba Wallace with the Michael Jordan team. Be nice to see uh, you know the first black driver. To win a you know Daytona five hundred, that'd be great. Think of some of the long shots. BJ McLeod, Cody Ware, Quinn Hoff, Joey Gase, Josh Balicki, Derek Cope. A thousand to one odds, and Derek Cope is actually two thousand one to one odds to win a race. That intrigues me. My betting sense wants to throw some money on there as a lottery ticket. Yeah, you wanna give me a twenty dollar scratch off I could throw $20 on a 2001 shot to win the Daytona 500. Because you got about the same chance of winning. LaMelo Ball, best player in the draft last year in the National Basketball Association. You know why he didn't go number one overall? Because of his father. Now, his father has not spent a lot of time in a public eye over the last couple of years, and good for him. Maybe he finally gets it. Maybe he cares enough about his son's. To not make everything about him but that's another thing that lavar ball screwed up is he kept his son lamello from being number one overall he was the reason why his son lonzo got bullied in the nba with you know elbows and cheap shots hey that's that's for your dad I'm gonna hit a couple more free agent predictions in regards to major league baseball and i don't have that many left so i just want to throw this one out there Yasiel Puig. Some people say, "Hey, maybe maybe he's not going to play this year. He didn't play last year with the coronavirus. Had a contract with the Braves voided because he tested positive." Personally, I wouldn't mind him playing for the Mets. I think he's a guy that brings a ton of energy. He's got some power from the right hand, you know, right-handed batter's box. Mets outfield right now with Conforto and Nimmo and Dom Smith, all left-handed. Albert Amor comes out there to play a little defense. Imagine Puig and his bat, you know, from an offensive standpoint, giving a little more right-handed power to the Mets outfield. I think that would be great. I'd love to see it. Jed Jerko. Wouldn't mind him being in New York, too. And how about with the Yankees? Yankees need a little depth on the infield. You're thinking of some of the players that they have there. Luke Voigt and LeMahieu and uh, Glaber Torres and Gio Urshela. Miguel Andujar has been playing the outfield. I don't know if he's still an option at third base, probably. But Jed Jerko gives a little versatility. He can play some second, can play some third, can play some first. A little bit of short and uh, and a pinch. But I, I think that would be great depth for the Yankees. Jason Kipnis. I, I, I was kind of a flip of a coin kind of thing. You could say, hey, I got 30 teams spinning in a circle, and you got a little uh, arrow pointing there. Where does it stop? How about the Chicago Cubs? They could use a little depth on their infield. I know they got Javi Baez and Chris Bryant and uh, Anthony Rizzo over at first base. Yeah, you got a guy like Kipnis that can play a little infield, a little outfield. Plus, he's played for the Cubs before. Uh, you know, I, I think from a leadership perspective, you're bringing in some young players. You you want to have a good leader. I like Jason Kipnis on the Cubs. CJ Crone, first baseman, played with the Tigers last year. He's played with the Angels and a you know a couple other teams in the past. You think of the Baltimore Orioles? You know how how much are you, how many times are you going to run Chris Davis out there? You know when when do you just finally cut yourself and your ties from his contract? You know, can he hit above 120 or 150 for a 2021 season? You know, you bring in a guy like Krohn that could play some everyday first base, maybe get some more quality at bats, and, you know, maybe be an everyday player there when you finally push Chris Davis to the side. Obviously, there's something up. You know, a guy that go out there and hit 100 home runs in two different seasons and then signs a seven-year contract, all of a sudden can't play baseball anymore last one we'll do today Roberto Ozuna and we know about the controversy involved with him with domestic violence once again just because he's guilty of it doesn't mean he should never play baseball again and what are you doing when you're you when you're talking about convicted felons and they're released from prison you want them to have a chance to do something for a living You don't want to say, hey, that person's banned from work because they're going to spend time. How are they going to make a living? How are they going to be able to live anywhere? They're going to be more conducive to committing more crimes, right? Same should apply to sports. Roberto Ozuna will always be remembered as a uh, sexual uh, assaulter, as a, a person that has domestic violence in his past. Now he's going through Tommy John surgery, Ken Giles, similarly, and they're connected because they were traded for one another at one point, but it'll be a kind of a two-year contract situation. Hey, if I'm the Mets, why not? You know, you're going to have to deal with some you know, negativity. People are going to not want these people to ever have a job again. But hey, what did I say when it came to Jared Porter? What did I say when it came to Chris Doyle? I wanna hear from them. I want to know that they are remorseful about what they did and are conscious of what they did. And I wanna give them a chance to hear their own words, not give their side of the story. But if if that person is absolutely sorry for what they did and wanna spend the rest of their life convincing others to not make the same mistakes, I'd want them to have the opportunity to impact the lives of others in a positive way. Once again, this is the Past Ball Show brought to you by JohnPiella.com by St. Wishes Church in Jackson, New Jersey by Two Ways, One Passion located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. We'll be back with you next Thursday. I told you we'll be back with Periscope. Uh, Obviously, we got YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music. Look me up, John Pielli, Passball Show. God bless you. And as always, I'll see you on the other side.